Experiencing Real Life, heard every single day on Bible School Radio, 91.3 KDKR Decatur, Dallas-Fort Worth, and on 91.3 KYJC Commerce. Portions of KDKR programming do not necessarily reflect the views of this station, its management, or staff. Prudent Money with Bob Brooks is sponsored by the Prudent Money Foundation on 91.3. So how is the consumer really doing? Today we're going to take a look. Stay tuned for Prudent Money. Bob Brooks, and you are listening to the Prudent Money Radio Show. Thank you so much for joining me today. You know I do appreciate it. So what is the real health of the consumer today? Well, Charlie Weiss, Senior Vice President and Head of Global Research for TransUnion, is here to give us a look. Hey, Charlie, welcome to Prudent Money. Thanks so much, Bob. Nice to be with you. You know, I always enjoy having you on the program because of the credibility of the research that your team does at TransUnion. Uh, I don't think people realize how much, uh, just the incredible amount of consumer data at your fingertips, seeing that TransUnion is one of the big three credit reporting agencies. This isn't, you know, taking a look at the health of a thousand consumers and doing a survey. This is about as close as you can get to what is really happening to the consumer. So talk a little bit about your methodology for collecting and analyzing data. Thanks, Bob. So we, as a credit bureau, we receive the credit information, meaning the, the data on credit cards, auto loans, mortgages, on virtually every credit active consumer in the United States. We get this from, uh, from lenders, from banks, from credit unions, from, uh, from fintechs, you name it. They all report into the bureaus. And why they do this? Because having that, that track record, having that data that's on your credit report is what enables, uh, first of all, lenders to make decisions about consumers um, based on their credit health. Are they in pretty good shape? Does it look like they're going to do all right if you give them a new loan or new credit card? Or is that consumer potentially overextended and you might need to pause before you give them additional credit so they don't get themselves out way over their skis? So talk a little bit about overall how the consumer is this, re- this research versus a year ago. How, how is the consumer faring? So the consumer is holding up remarkably well, um, and certainly there's there's some things that we want, are keeping an eye on. So we have seen over the past two years, there's been considerable increases in overall uh, consumer borrowing, particularly credit cards. We've seen credit cards hit um, record highs over the past couple of years. As consumers are increasingly using this. Um, in the face of high inflation and and other um, struggles, essentially as a means to borrow, means for some to make ends meet, but for others to really make sure that they're able to bridge that gap between income today and spending, income to, you know, spending today, income tomorrow. The other piece is we look at performance and how consumers are, are holding up uh, on their obligations. And we have seen some upticks in delinquency rates, meaning consumers who are um, uh, late, you know, one or more payments on their credit cards, um, their personal loans. But the good news is that consumers seem to be holding up really well 
on their mortgages. And if you remember back, you know, in, in uh, 2008, 2009, the yeah. great financial crisis, yeah. mortgage was really the scary part of the, uh, of the consumer wallet back then. We're not seeing anything like that today. Consumers really are in very good shape in terms of managing their, um, uh, their mortgage and their home loan obligations. So it was announced this morning that credit card delinquencies surged more than 50% in 2023. And I realize that statistic is not as bad as it sounds. But was, I would assume that delinquencies is something that you're definitely keeping an eye on. For sure. And you know, really what we want to understand is, are consumers able to manage the the debt that they already have. Um, and so the context there is, yeah, we saw a surge in delinquency, but the reality is that um, back in 2021, in kind of that, um, uh, the, the height of the pandemic and right afterwards, consumers were in remarkable shape. Um, mm-hmm. We saw all-time lows in delinquencies. We saw a huge pay down in borrowings as consumers were benefiting from not spending during the pandemic from uh, from getting a lot of um, stimulus payments from the government, enhanced unemployment, um, and a lot of them were taking advantage of of um, payment holidays and some of their obligations. The net of that is we saw delinquencies drop to historical record lows in um, in the first first second quarter of 2021. So the rebound we've seen is really kind of getting us back to normal. I wouldn't say that we're at alarming levels at all in terms of particularly credit card delinquencies. It's just that it's coming from such a low level and is now getting back to where we saw things pre-pandemic. So, you, and you mentioned a second ago why people are using credit cards. It seems like that a good percentage of people are borrowing just to make ends meet, to create cash flow that's just not there. And, uh, you know, the, the, the thing that really gives me trouble is that the interest rates are just so unbelievably high, 20 to 25 to even up to 30 percent. Uh, what y'all's take on that? So th- I would agree that, yes, there's there's a good portion of consumers that have been relying more on their credit cards, like you said, to make ends meet. Um, inflation really hit, well, it's, it's one of those things that it hits everyone equally, but it hits everyone unequally too, because the things that are most impacted or were most Im- impacted, gasoline, groceries, particularly rent, tends to fall much more heavily on, on lower income consumers. Mm-hmm. Um, they just don't have that much, um, you know, excess, excess income. And rent and food and gas, you know, really um, eats up a lot of their monthly paycheck. And when those things increase, those consumers are strapped. And so, you know, these consumers have been increasingly relying on their their credit cards. And that's something that we've been keeping an eye on. Um, Now, at the same time, I, I, you know, I think we just need to, you know, to kind of keep in mind that, you know, again, historic levels, it has not been that, that scary. But you did mention about the interest rates on credit cards. And for sure, those have increased over the last um, year and a half since the Fed started raising interest rates in, um, uh, in early, I think March 2022 is the first of their, um, their 11 rate hikes. Um, but the reality is credit cards have always been a really expensive place to borrow. So if the Fed's raised rates 5.5%, then that's basically how much credit card interest rates have gone up. But card rates even before that were 18 19%. So yes, they've increased, but they've always been a really expensive um, way to borrow and to finance things, which is one of the reasons why we certainly um, you know, see a lot of lenders that are, that are working with consumers to say, if you have 
heavy levels of credit card debt, there may be less expensive options. If you happen to own a home with equity on it, a home equity loan might be a, um, a good way to, to borrow and pay down um, those expensive um, credit card bills with a much less expensive uh, form of borrowing. And even those that don't own homes, if, if considering an unsecured personal loan from a bank, from a credit union, from a fintech, um, those are also ways that you can lower your interest payments and get yourself on a more regular repayment schedule because, you know, with credit cards, it's easy just to pay that monthly minimum every month. And if you do that, well, you're going to be paying for that, that's, you know, that, that uh, tank of gas you put into your credit card. You're going to be paying for that for a long time if you keep paying the minimum. So we really do encourage consumers um, to think about um, paying down that debt, refinancing it, and, uh, and saving themselves some interest that they can use to spend elsewhere. I, I, to- I totally agree with you from the standpoint of you know, the, the Fed raising rates as many times as they had and, and the increase in credit cards. At the same time, do you think, though, that credit card companies have gotten themselves into a really bad spot? I just can't imagine most people who are looking at their credit card statements are just getting by, and they just look at it, and they go, to heck with this. You know, 25 to 30%. I'm never going to get out of debt. I might as well just let it go. And I I just think that the the greed factor is going to – is it's finally kind of catching up with the credit card industry. Well, it's it, I would say that um, you know that's one way to look at it. Um, you know, another way is that they're providing access to to credit to people that in many cases need it. Um, I mean, it's it's one thing to say, okay, so you're a riskier consumer. Um, maybe I'm not going to I'm not going to give you a credit card because you know we're we know what's best for you. But the reality is that if consumers need credit, if they can't get it from a credit card, they're going to find it from someplace. And I'd say a credit card, as high as that interest is, it's a heck of a lot better for consumers than going and getting a payday loan or other sources of even more expensive mm, borrowing. Right. And if a consumer needs credit, if they need that flexibility, then that's really what, you know, what um, the credit card and other forms of credit are for, is to help consumers through difficult times. And certainly, if you think about how many consumers from different surveys, um, you know, say that, you know, if if they had an emergency uh, and needed to put their hands on $400 for a medical bill or for a car repair, they couldn't do it. Well, having access to a credit card with some available limit might be that lifeline between, you know, keep getting your car repaired so you can keep your job or in some cases, you know, paying the gas bill to make sure that your, your kids have a nice warm home. I'll tell you one thing that I am, I've been really encouraged to see from a consumer standpoint is that the, uh, the, the big three credit reporting bureaus have connected with a lot of companies, a lot of banks, credit card companies, and providing free looks at uh, credit card, at, at the FICO scores and that kind of thing, and uh, uh-huh. the Vantage scoring. And uh, that uh, has that been a big push for you guys to try to get that information out? Because I think that that really does help people to get focused in on, hey, I got to get I got to get a hold of this and get my credit score up and, and get this debt down. Yeah, it's a it's a really nice point, Bob. And and TransUnion has recently conducted a study looking at consumers that monitor their credit, um, really because we've seen this explosion in consumers that have been monitoring their credit um, in recent years. In fact, over the last five years, we've seen 100 million consumers across the U.S. 
have started monitoring their credit for the first time with TransUnion. And that may, may be um, you know, just checking their credit score, looking at their full credit report, or even getting some monitoring services that may throw up alerts if, um, you know, if there's new inquiries or new um, accounts open in their names to protect against fraud. And I think that a lot of that increase in, in borrowing has driven some of that demand for consumers to say, hey, let me keep an eye on what I have. Let me understand what my current situation is. Um, but also just the fact that there are so many places that consumers can now get access easily to their, their credit score, their credit report, and for free um, that didn't exist necessarily eight, ten years ago. So that, yeah, that's been a good thing. I mean, a consumer that knows what's on their balance sheet, they know what they owe, they know what their credit standing is based on the credit score. An informed consumer is a consumer that, that we believe can, can make the right decisions and, and frankly plan a lot better than one that just has no idea what they, bought, what they owe and whether they're doing well or not. So talk about some, uh, some tips for consumers that they can implement to increase their credit score. Yeah, and, and I mean, I think it starts with just knowing where you stand yes. today, and that's why we really advocate the credit monitoring. And, and if yes. the consumer is not monitoring today, there's so many places you can go. You can A lot of times your bank or your credit card has this information, or you can go to a free service like a Credit Karma, and certainly you can go to TransUnion or the other bureaus, Experian or Equifax, and get that data often for free. Um, but once you know what's on there, if your credit score is not so great, say it's below 600, which is kind of a typical cutoff um, for a subprime consumer, consumer, if it's below 600, know what's, what got you there. Um, and usually it's probably a combination of um, consumers who've been missing payments on their obligations, on their credit cards and other bills that are reported, or consumers that are carrying really high balances uh, on their credit cards relative to their credit limits. We call that the credit limit utilization. So if a consumer's got really high utilization, well, there may be opportunities to pay down some of that credit card debt, refinance it through, um, you know, uh, through a, an unsecured personal loan, through um, a home equity product if they own their home and have equity in there, and a lot of consumers do, trust me. Um, that could be a way to get your utilization down. That's gonna help really quickly. And as well, if you've been missing payments, if, if you're, you know, particularly a lot of newer to, con newer to credit consumers, those are kind of new into the, the borrowing world, younger consumers, Gen Z, if they're not, you know, having that discipline to write that check or do that, um, uh, that account debit every month to pay their credit cards and other bills, that's going to catch up with you. And getting that, that history, getting that, um, that track record, even if it's just the minimums on your credit cards, will go a long way to quickly correcting your credit score already if that's something that's been, um, uh, that's been hampering you. So I think that's really where it starts is just know what's on there. There's a lot of tips that are on a lot of these, these um, credit monitoring sites about why your score is what it is, and then start taking the steps. Small steps can go a long way if you just kind of keep at it. This is Bob Brooks, and you are listening to the Prudent Money Radio Show. Charlie Weiss, Senior Vice President and Head of Global Research for TransUnion, is here to give us a look at the consumer. You know, let's talk a little bit about uh, credit card companies. They've always been, it seems like they've always been ahead of the, uh, the problem, if there is becoming one. And are you seeing credit card companies reducing lines of credit or, go, or doing anything like that, making some big steps like they've done in the past? 
It's been a lot more gradual than we've seen in the past. Um, I'd say early in the pandemic, there was a lot of concern that, oh my goodness, oh, you know, yeah, that sure. like tens of millions of people lost their jobs. There's going to be widespread, um, you know, financial hardship and default, which we absolutely never saw, by the way. You know, and, and I'm not saying that that, that, that people were, were foolish, but people did not understand how resilient the, you know, the U.S. economy <laughs> no is. Right, Thank goodness. Right. Um, but what happened was there was a lot of um, initial companies looking at consumers that, that had like less than perfect credit scores and doing a lot of those those credit limit reductions just to manage their own um, exposure. They didn't want to get into a lot of trouble or have consumers quickly run up balances that they couldn't pay. But you know, with after that, they started coming back into the market in a big way in the second half of 2021 and certainly through 2022. 2022 was the highest year of uh, of credit card, new credit cards issued in recorded history. I mean, as far back as our data goes, um, mm. you know, that we've not seen that level. And a lot of that was um, the consumer was looking really good and lenders got very comfortable with issuing a lot of new credit. So we have seen some pullback in those levels since that peak, that peak levels that we saw in 2022. Um, they definitely pulled back in 2023. Still very healthy levels relative to pre-pandemic, but off of that peak, as I think they were, um, to some extent, um, kind of working through and digesting a lot of that, that rapid growth that they'd seen during 2022. So they've gotten a little more conservative. There's still a lot of, of, of new cards being issued, but um, they're being issued to, more of them are being issued to consumers that have um, you know, high credit scores, very good credit scores. Um, and they're being a little more prudent in terms of the new lines that they're issuing to, uh, to people that they are issuing cards to, but we haven't seen a big pullback. We haven't seen a lot of, a lot of banks and, and credit card issuers saying, oh, we need to you know, cut back on a lot of these lines because that's a pretty, you know, they, they really avoid that when possible because when a bank cuts your credit limit, um, that really signals to the consumer that we don't want to do business with you anymore. It's a, it's a relationship killer, but it's also if a consumer's got two or three credit cards in their wallet and they are, in fact, in financial position, guess which one they're probably going to choose not to pay um, over the other ones. Sure. It's going to be the one that, that gave them that credit limit reduction. So banks really are, are very, um, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're very thoughtful in terms of um, when they do that big pullback to make sure that they're not, um, you know, doing those knee-jerk reactions that might result in um, damaged relationships that are very hard to recover from down the road. You know, just out of curiosity, Charlie, I was thinking, I was uh, thinking about the pandemic and uh, how crazy things were and how the economy was falling off a cliff. Everything was happening. I know that companies seek y'all's advice as to what to do which the outlook is, what was it like at TransUnion during that time? Um, and, and sorry, just clarify, which, which time specifically? Did you talk like during about? the pandemic when, when everything was, oh, when, okay. st when all the, when everything was, looked like it was really bad. Okay. I, I, sorry about that. I, oh, that's okay. Just making sure. So it's, um, it was, I'll tell you, it was <laughs> a fascinating time because nobody knew what was going on at all. And but everyone was desperate for information, um, like just give us any data you have. And the bureaus may not have like 
up to the minute information, but we're, we're really kind of that, um, that indicator of what's happening in the market because we're able to take all that data in that's reported very quickly from banks and credit unions and lenders um, and put that together. So they want to know what's the consumer doing are they spending? Are they pulling back? Are they going bad? Are they paying? Um, all that information. So there was this this real push, almost this um, uh, this this kind of sprint for us to get new data out into the market as quickly as possible, because we we basically said an uncertain market shuts down. If you don't know what's going to happen, you basically do nothing. If you know, if you have data, even if it's bad you can at least make decisions because you know what you can plan for. So it's like uncertainty is the, uh, is the, is, is the real, um, you know, uh, rock tied around your ankle if you're a lender. So we're trying to provide certainty. We're trying to let them say either it is as bad as you think and here's what you need to do or it's not as bad, nearly as bad as you think. And you need to be not retreating, but you need to be helping consumers through this, this time. And that was really what we mm. felt was our mission at the time is to I'll call it like keep, keep liquidity in lending markets because when consumers need credit most and can't get it, bad things happen to the economy. And I would, would say a lot of, a lot of, you know, a lot of Good fortune and a lot of hard work really got our economy through the pandemic a lot better than any of us might have expected in yes. March, April 2020. I got about a minute left, and I have to ask this question. What are y'all seeing sure. with student loan debt? Uh, what kind of shape are student borrowers in with the, uh, with the long period of time where they didn't have to make the payments and now they're starting mm -hmm. to pay again? What are you seeing? We're, it's an interesting time right now because if you miss a payment right now, it's not a great thing, but that delinquency is not being reported as a delinquent account to the bureaus. So consumers are still, even though they're required to make payments, they're still getting um, a little bit of relief from not having those negative um, the, the missed payments show up on their credit reports. And so we are seeing that um, you know, people are making payments, but some of them have return to that payment uh, pattern more slowly than others. And we're still trying to get our arms around how many people actually are yeah, making payments and how many are still waiting. Um, but more to come real soon, I promise. Charlie Weiss, uh, my, my special guest today. Charlie, I always love to have you on the program. You had great information and uh, good luck to you. Thanks for coming on. Thanks a lot, Bob. Appreciate it. This is Bob Brooks, and you are listening to the Prudent Money Radio Show. If uh, you want more information, uh, transunion.com and truecredit.com, two, uh, two sites you can go to to get more information on a lot of what uh, Charlie was talking about. I kid you not, uh, they really, you know, when, when you have a, a, a company like a credit reporting bureau, which is TransUnion is what they do, one of the three, and, uh, I mean, they're pulling from millions upon millions of people because, uh, you know, just about everybody within – well, everybody that's, that's ever had a credit card or anything that's credit-related has a – probably has a TransUnion account. There are 99% of the people that we're, that we're talking about. So, you know, like I said, this isn't a – Hey, we went out and we talked to a thousand people, and we're going to extrapolate this uh, the, these answers over 327 million people in the, the country. This is really what what's going on, and it, it's interesting. There's lots of different ways you can look at it. Uh, I, I think it'll be interesting to have this same conversation a year from now to see where 
what really has happened to the consumer because uh, it, it, uh, some of these things are really want to keep our eye on. This is Bob Brooks. If you got a question for me, please go to the website at prudentmoney.com and send it in because we are all out of time. Till we do meet again next time, keep the faith and have a great rest of the day. That's all the time we have for today. Questions or comments for Bob or to find out more great information like what you've just heard, visit www.prudentmoney.com. Be sure to join Bob Brooks again for the next edition of Prudent Money.